and welcome to the show. We are doing what's this? A con continuation, continuation part two. Part two. So if you haven't subscribed, do subscribe. But we are the Year Buddy Podcast, and we like to inspire, motivate, and get you pumped for life. Get you enthusiastic about what you might currently be doing already. Well, I hope so, especially yeah. with now like coronavirus. My God, we need some inspiration, man. Coronavirus, man. What is happening with that? Talk to me. I, I have no clue. Like, I work in, in a gym and I also work in a, a fitness studio, but it's like panic at the moment, you know? People don't want to train, people don't want to rock up, there's sweat everywhere, and people are just getting scared, man. I want to train, but I haven't because I'm conscious of other people's hygiene. Okay. And it's like as much as I'm clean. Yeah, and look after myself. You can't trust people, other people. It's like when you're driving a car. No, like, no, you can be confident in your own driving abilities, but it's the other person that just come swipe you out. No, I, I fully, I fully agree with you on that one. For me, it's it's one of those ones where you have to be careful. It's just quite funny because I watch the news at the moment all the time. So mm -hmm. in the mornings, lunch times, and then before I go to bed. Sometimes I'm even watching that 24-hour news. You know, where it's like one and two, and it just seems like it's gone from it was just in maybe Italy. China, Spain, mm. to now everywhere in mm. the world. And we're not like in panic mode, man. I've seen people pushing shopping baskets with toilet roll. Please explain to me what's the need for bags and packages of toilet roll. Help me. To wipe your bum, I think. Okay, okay. Generally speaking, that's what it's for. However, <laughs> I think um, it's, uh, what do you call it? I don't want to call people sheep, but and I don't want to pigeonhole people or stereotype certain Stay people. Loud. But these kind of people that sit home all day long watching the old Jeremy Kyle type things, more concerned about other people's lives than their own. Um, everything's a gossip column. Everything's sensationalized. Sounds like me. Well, it's, um, <laughs> it's Jeremy Kyle in the mornings. Reading the newspaper gossip columns. So, you got okay. You got two types of people then. The watch oh, Jeremy Kyle. Good. One person will watch it to pass the time and catch jokes. Yeah. The other person will watch it and take it for gospel. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, So they're the two different. And yeah. it's the gospel people that are watching the news now, panic buying, going out, being selfish, buying toilet rolls, pasta, um, what do you call it, bacterial wipes, so other people can't access them and get them. So one thing I will say, if you're listening now, and, and this the coronavirus is still out there, is if you've got any elderly neighbors or relatives that can't really get anywhere then might Check be worth yeah knocking on the door and just saying do you want me to go to the shop for you no i agree i agree i think that's one of the things that's kind of been highlighted um especially from <clears throat> some of the stuff i saw on the news actually also spending a lot of time with my grandmother is that those are the people that are going to struggle through this you know mm -hmm. I, I i'm still lost on the whole toilet paper buying and sanitizers buying and all that stuff but i find that if we don't look after the elderly We'll be in a, a tough, tough, tough place. Because mm -hmm. I even spoke to Eugene on the way here. By the way, we do have a cameraman, which is Eugene. Shout <laughs> out to Eugene. <laughs> yep. What's up, brother? But we were talking about this in the car. And I was cracking the joke that it's going to wipe out some of the rich white people or older white people as a joke. And then when I thought about it, I was like, probably that's not a good thing to say. Well, man, I think we've just been cut off. Is this still... <laughs> Are we still alive? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Everything's just gone quiet. <laughs> no, I hear what you're saying, but... Um... It was a joke, by the way. It was a joke. I love mm. white people. I love black people. I like people of all races. It was just a funny thing based on some of the movies I've been watching. I watched a few films to do with um, uh, The Rich and the Poor... Because I'd um, love to see the breakdown of how much they bring in. Because you always hear that that narrative. Oh yeah, Buckingham Palace tourism. People want to see the Queen. Da 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 da. But I want to see how much it brings in. Because if you look at the travel that we put, the money we put aside for them to go and travel, the, the cars that they have, the clothing they have, I'm sure we are paying more right. than what we're getting in return. We need to get a researcher. We need Eugene. You research was going on, bro. <laughs> Just yeah, give him the job, man. Like, you know, yourself, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so don't get me started on that. I, I, I've never, I've never been part of of um, the whole notion of respect the queen and all the other stuff. For me, they've taken too much. Not her in particular, but just the whole establishment. Too much from the West Indies. Too much from Africa. Too much from India. For me to sit here and be like. Oh yeah, the Queen. I'm like, 
Yeah. It's all in the... Uh, Not on my watch. It's all in the British Museum and the V&A. What should happen is they should give it back. Give it back, man. You know, for Would me, it be looked after? That's another thing. I, I, I don't care if it's not looked after. Give it, have you ever been to Egypt? Never. I've wanted to go, but I heard the pyramids is like some tourist oh. attraction. It's like you walk in there and someone's behind you going, do you want to pay oh, some money for a picture? <laughs> well, that, yes. They need people to do that. They need to earn a living as well. But yeah. I've, been, I've been there and you face that way. Uh-huh. You're looking in the past. Yeah. You turn around. McDonald's there. Rappers there. Crazy. Chips and boxes that get like windswept all across onto the actual side of the pyramid and everything. Yeah. It's a joke. Well, I can yeah. imagine. That's, that's why I've not gone um, so far. The museum, Cairo Museum, yeah. with all the artifacts that it's got in there. It's like in a room, you have to literally walk sideways between okay. things because there's no layout. You've got to find things and just know where things are. And, mate, come on. They either need some funding or some serious people looking after it. Okay. Um, that's what would happen if these things get sent back. Now, send them I back think anyway. that they're, yeah, but they're, they're, I think they're too valuable. For who is it too valuable? For the, the, the history of the planet. We have to. The history of the planet, and it's it's where? Where, where is this hidden? It's not hidden. It's either in the Vatican, yeah, which is hidden. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the British Museum. That's an old one. And the likes. Send but you can back. go and see them in the British Museum. They're yeah. looked after. They're maintained. I get that. But for me, I'd, I'd rather send it back. And if it gets damaged or it gets destroyed or it goes missing, so be it. It's not yours in the first place. True. You've, you've gone there and you've raped, pillaged and stolen. Simple as. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not even giving the people any money for it. You just said, rocking up, taking shit. That's it. Give them their stuff back. Or if you don't need them back, give them some cash. Give them some cash. Don't give them some cash and say, oh, we want the money back in uh, a couple of years because that's what they do at the moment. They say, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you some cash. It was the, um, oh, let me butcher this, the stat shoot that I saw. Um, is it David Lammy? Okay, yeah, David. Yeah, so he's in uh, Parliament last week talking about reparations. Yeah. And he was talking about how £6.4 billion pounds worth of compensation has been given to slave owners. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. And the slaves themselves have received around, descendants that is, yeah, yeah. have received around £54,000. Okay, well, I've, I'm going to have to research on that because for me, I'm, I'm, I'm very keen to understand what's happening with that because me and my, my father talk about it all the time because mm-hmm. I find that all strange because you've got the Holocaust happened and I know we're going to probably get in trouble on the show, but, but so the Holocaust happened and you've got a lot of um, the Jewish community from that. Yes, they went through a tough time, but they have somehow managed to come out through that mm-hmm. and actually be a society that are flourishing in terms of money. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a good amount of wealth. We went through years upon years of slavery and we are still in a society where some might say we're still in some sort of slavery. You know, in America, mm-hmm. most of the black boys are in prison, yeah. which is another form of slavery. Mm-hmm. You know, in this country, uh, I'm not too sure how the prison system works in terms of the makeup of black or white, or whatever. But majority of the black boys, especially from urban London, mm-hmm. they ain't going nowhere. You ain't going nowhere. You're you're lost to society. We ain't going nowhere today. Well, there it is. This week. Well, hey. Well, we might survive, man. Huh? We might survive. What, the corona? Yeah, man. The corona. We might survive. But, yes, I don't know. But I just find all that stuff's a bit strange. And I I maybe I sound a bit pro-black. But far from it, I have friends from all different nationalities. It's It's just more me now becoming a bit more aware of everything that goes on in life and always questioning now why is it like that because me that's important it's not you don't necessarily have to be pro black oh no, no my nickname's called pro black well, they call me at christmas time they say, pro black. Well, yeah mr pro black there you go, but uh, <laughs> it's um it's just the case of hang about leopold you know and what he did to the africans it's like generally speaking as children we're not taught about that yeah yeah and more so when we were younger because it was a book now, if you've got time to go and read a book, yeah, when you're that age and what have you, you know, it's it's some kids <laughs> fall into books and they love reading them. Yeah. But if you if you get want to teach yourself about history and learn about your own culture, um, you need to pick up a book, and that didn't necessarily happen back in the day. Whereas now, it's just a quick Google search. Yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah you're right, you're right, you're right. And you're right. more and more people are like, oh, I don't know. Uh, collective consciousness they're waking up and they're thinking something doesn't sit right with me let me have a look into this and then they start seeing 
what we've just been talking about. No, you're and right. everybody's got an opinion on it. So, are they trying to rein us in from that? Well, I think they, of course they are trying to, I think they're trying to rein not just us on that subject, but rein us in on all subjects. Mm-hmm. I think the world works as as a, a way to control people, the, the hierarchies, obviously. And that's why everything is the way it is. That's why you never get all the information. You get bits and pieces, trick fed, mm-hmm. but you don't get all the information. The same with uh, the coronavirus. I've been listening to the news since Friday, and we're getting drip fed information. There's more information they could give us. But they're giving us bits and pieces, which is just consistently changing from hour to hour. Mm-hmm. When you could give us the, the full information, so that our anxiety and our panic is lowered, so we get to a point where we're a bit more going, okay, cool, the government we can trust. Because at the moment, I don't feel like I can trust the government. I don't trust the government. I'm just saying, I don't feel like I can trust them. What now? Well, did you trust them before? No, it's not as much as um, I, I had some trust for them, because obviously they know more than I know about you. So, Let's say again. <laughs> more than you know about yourself. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> well, they probably do. Yeah. Hey, my phone does that sometimes. Have you ever done that where you're sitting down somewhere and I was talking to a friend the other day and you must have mentioned something. I must have said, when I'm going to advert, I said something and then all of a sudden the phone went, okay, Michael, do you mean this? And I was just like, whoa. Hey, what are you on? What's that? Uh, Samsung. Samsung S10. Okay. And it just okay. went into it's other pages and stuff and I was just like, oh my God. And then I, I started searching on Facebook, just as you do, scroll up and down. Every single thing that was in that little speech that I said came up. And I well, yeah, just, that's a that's a known. I'm pretty sure like, you can do um, an internet search and find out what that's patented under. Oh no, of course, yeah. of course. Well, we accept all the terms. Facebook, exactly. Do you read them? There are so many pages you never read them. No, you never do. I remember with iTunes, where it was a running joke that iTunes could like say that you. We could like come and take all your money, but you've already accepted, so it's fine. Because mm. you always do that. You don't read it. You just okay, you update, you accept, exactly, and you go from there. So I don't know, but but hey, anyway, we've gone so far off tangent there. <laughs> I, I got excited by the coronavirus and the royal family and all the other dodgy stuff, and you oh, helped me realize about I don't know much about the government. The government knows about me, but nevertheless. So we finished our first episode with yourself, Johnny. And mm-hmm. I, I think we got to that point in the show, which was quite poignant, and it was talking about the whole adoption that you went through. Mm. And and it would be great to see if you can touch base back on that in terms of what's what's um what's the relationship like now with your mother and yourself, and has that had an effect on your experiences going forward, i.e. with you with your kids, with your wife mm-hmm. and all the other stuff that comes into that situation. Yeah. Say it loud and proud. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man. It's it. all of what you just said there. Um, I think, I mean, start the end and I'll fill in the gap. Shoot. I don't chat to my birth mother anymore. Um, I don't like her. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. She's a person. Imagine. But why? No. Imagine you meet someone new. Okay. Yeah. I met her when I was twenty-four years old. So imagine you meet someone new. You don't have to like them, do you? I met her. Yeah. What well, should we? Yeah. Should I... I didn't know her. Okay. Okay. Do I love her? Yes. Okay. So you you love her? Yeah. But I don't like her. Okay. They're, they're two. They're two totally different things. I'm still learning about love these days. So just just help yeah. me out with. This. Okay. Well, I only learned about love when I got with my missus. Really. And well, no, yeah. So more so, but then when I had my eldest daughter, um, because she, like I said before, she was the first biological person that I knew in my entire life up until that age that I had her. Um, so she's fifteen now, nearly sixteen. Nice. And um, yeah, that's what set the whole journey off, really. But that kind of makes you. So up until that point, I was kind of a little bit blasé about everything. Everything is just um, come and go, whatever. I don't really care. But then I felt a connection to her. Okay. And then the first time I met my mum, I felt a connection instantly. But then over time, when I got to know her, I just thought to myself, you know what? I don't like you as a person. Okay. Yeah, through the choices that you've made and stuff that you do, if, if people have had a bad time and they lash out at people or they act a certain way because of the life that they've had, that's one thing you can see past that, and then you can still maintain a relationship. But 
the way that she is, the way that she acted, um, it's not for me. Okay. Um, so I'm sorry if you ever listen to this, Sharon, then I'm just telling you how it is, man. Um, you know what you've done, believe me. So it is what it is. That's deep, man. That is deep. That's deep. I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. AK Pro Black now. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm just listening to this. I'm kind of mm. going, because my relationship with my mum and dad is, 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 is being up and down. But still, I would not have that sort of saying to say to my mum, you know, or, or yeah, to say. Yeah, you know, you've known your mum your whole life, right? Yeah, no, no, but, uh, but that's what I was going to add in. It's just I'm trying to process it in my mind because I'm hearing you and I'm kind of going, wow, that's tough, man. That's deep. And because I've not had that upbringing. There has to be um, siblings out there. Yeah, that don't get on. Yeah, and no, no, of course, I've, I've got I've got a um, family like that where we should get on, mm. but we don't get on, which I'm sure there's underlying reasons similar to the reasons you have there, and that's the reason why. But I'm just trying to get my head, because obviously I'm mum and dad 2.4, as we mm-hmm. said before, and listening to that, I'm just kind of going, that's deep. Man. Yeah, it's... Um, it's deep. It's not something that I just decided. I didn't just... Wake didn't, up one morning. I didn't wake up one morning because I don't like you. Yeah. I kind of weighed everything up against everything else so in the adoption itself mm-hmm. like because i had my mum adopted mum who adopted me um she's passed away now as well okay um so is your mother still alive or she's alive um so my adopted mum passed away and it was just my dad and my sister one of my sisters okay living at home with my grandparents like like yourself, I spent yeah. an awful lot of time with my grandparents in Hartford, um, because my dad was a single parent, yeah. essentially, and then I had another two older sisters, but they lived or went that far, and then um, spent a lot of time with the grandparents, so my older sister, Suzanne, who lived in the house with us, was kind of like where I learned okay. to, um, I don't know, respect women, I suppose, and have an understanding of how you should treat treat a woman, seeing my dad's relationship with my sister and having that understanding. So I never had a um, a mum type person from a young age yeah. in the house to have an understanding of like, to show affection, like when you hug women and stuff. So that's what we're talking about, the whole love concept. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, never had that. Now, I love Suzanne to, to bits. She smashed my head into a plate of beans once. Okay. Um, during an argument. Tough love, but right? yeah, tough love. But I forgive her for that. I can't oh, even remember what it was for. Oh, um, I might have kicked her in the face. Try <laughs> <laughs> some kung fu thing. I don't know. That's tough love. Man. It is tough love, but um, yeah. But um, she's um, been extremely proud of her. She's a massive role model for me. So I kind of and uh, was she my mum? Yeah, she acted like my mum because when my dad wasn't around, so then I had to listen to Suzanne. Um, you know, so mad respect for her. And then it kind of taught me the way. And then when I got a little bit older and I met my brothers, um, Reese and Wayne, and mum Trish, who's my mum, I would call Trish my mum now. Um, again, she showed me another way. And I maybe grew up with a lot of hate and thinking, oh, I don't like um, women and what have you. And then when my dad was uh, told me he was getting remarried and I lost the plot, I imagine. went mad because I was like, I'm not having all these like women calling up a lady and mum and what have you. She's not my mum. Yeah. So went through a massive rebellious stage there. Um, and it was just trying to understand that I'm adopted. I'm not living with my real family. Do you guys really love me? So it was just trying to weigh up that balance of like, oh, when you get into trouble, yeah. I'm in trouble because I'm not part of this family or when you see someone receiving love and attention, you're like, oh, I don't get that love and attention, you know? And it's it's a weird thing to try and um, understand and get your head around it. But it puts a little chip on your shoulder, doesn't it? A massive chip. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you walked in a room, I was just like, hey, yo, what's wrong with this, brother? Oh, man, I have a massive, <laughs> massive chip on my shoulder, man. Yeah. Um, whether that comes from the adoption, I don't know. Probably. Um, like yeah. I said, um, one thing that I'm doing now is I act. I'm trying to act. I'm getting into acting. How's that going? Um, I'm doing alright actually. I've done a couple of student films. Um, I do courses at primary studios. Um, ultimately, the end. The idea is to get into identity. Identity. School of acting. Okay. Yes. 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 Um, and do a semester there. Um, treat it like a step ladder. Get the show real done. 
get onto Spotlight, start getting paid work. Okay, nice. Proper paid work, that is. You need paid work to get onto Spotlight. But um, I was watching Save Me. Save Me, yes, with Lenny, Lenny something. He's in The Walking Dead. Yeah, he's a cool actor, he is. Yeah, Lenny James? Yeah, Lenny James. Yeah, so I was watching that for the first... I, I mean, I've always wanted to do acting. Um, my missus keeps badgering me about it. Get into it, My yeah. boys keep badgering me about it. Watch Save Me, the first season. And um, as soon as it finished, I just turned to my missus and said, no, I'm doing it. Nice. And so ever since then, reading, um, tutorials, um, coaching, that's all I've been on. So do it 100%. But the, the, the reason that I say that is because... <laughs> Growing up um, in a predominantly white family, um, in the area that I grew up in, I felt like I've always acted. Okay. So where I've had a chip on my shoulder, and I thought I was going to be a professional footballer, but if coaches were there watching me, all they would have seen was me score a hat-trick and think, yeah, this guy's all right, but then see me bang someone in the face because they looked at me the wrong way. Okay. Yeah, so it's not only when you look back, and I, I remember um, just quickly when I was at Watford, Watford was quite funny, and um, I think it was Gary Johnson, <clears throat> the coach at the time. I was a striker, and we were playing Stevens Borough. Okay. And he says to me, um, "You're centre midfield today, in front of the whole team." Yeah. And I said, "No, I'm not." And he said, "Well, where do you want to play?" I said, "I'm a striker." And he said, yeah, but today you're going to play in centre midfield. Yeah, but I'm a striker. And he went, today you're playing in centre midfield. And I was like, oh, I'm a striker. Okay. And he was like, okay, cool. You're up front. Okay, well, yeah, so I played up front. Okay. Um, we lost 2-1 and I didn't score. Oof. I got released in next week. <laughs> but that's how it works, no? Yeah, I know it is. Because for me that goes two ways. That either goes one way where he says, oh, no from your striker. Not from. The bench is over there. Yep. Stands over there. Yep. We'll put another guy in. Mm. Or as you said, yeah, you get yeah. a chance. You've got to perform now, and if you're not going to perform, yeah. that's it, mate. But you're it's, out. All, it's all hindsight. So looking back, yeah, I think I was always trying to find my lane. So I wanted to do the football, couldn't do it because my attitude was too okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to do the music, but then we used to get paid before we Form. performed. Okay, the money's gone. So by the time I performed. Yeah. I was a little bit, <laughs> yeah, so I might have been a little bit um But saying that, just to cut off there, you are going to spit some bars for us today, aren't you? Today? Yeah, man. It's, it's, mate, I don't know. It's only me, you and Eugene Possibly here, on the outro, I don't know. Mate. There's only us yeah. in the room, bro. There's only us in the room. That's bro. it, man. Yeah. I can beat, I can I get a little beat. I see people's faces when they're, when they're listening back to it. You'll be fine, um, man. I mean, you got, my point. you got to spit a bar of us, though. Let me get back to my point. God. Um... Yeah, so the acting thing, I thought to myself, it kind of fell into place. Because mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, I think I've been acting my whole life. Because crossing the bridge from where I was, living, to go to the, the next town along, yep. all black people, okay. Asian. What area is this one? It's in Slough. Okay, so yeah, I yeah. was in Old Windsor and Datchet. And then just over the bridge, it's, a, it's like a different country for me. Of course, yeah. Yeah, but because I was playing football from so young, I had um, a very multicultural mix of friends anyway. Cool. Um, so I knew a lot of people from Slough, Reading, London. Cause I used to travel all over the place to play football, district, county. Yeah. Rare, rare, rare. But with each, I found that with each group of people that I was with, people do this anyway, generally. But more so for me, I felt that I would like. You blend in. Blend act a completely different way yeah. with one group of people than I did with another group of people. Um, but actually act. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I went on holiday once when I was a kid. Uh, where were we? In Greece somewhere. And I had two um, white kids. Oh, do you speak English? In the arcade. Okay. This is me. No. Yeah. So <laughs> for a week. Yeah. They paid for my arcades. So we used to meet, like, in the... I used to hang around the arcade every day at the same time. Yeah. They used to buy me food. They used to um, pay for my arcade games. They used to talk about, oh, how this guy, oh, he must not get much food at home. And I was proper skinny when I was younger. Okay, yeah. But he must not get much food at home. And, mate, I maintained that for a week. Yeah. Every single day. 
just pretending to be a lost little Greek boy. So then what happened to um? So who was you on holiday with? I was on holiday with my dad and my sister. So where were they at the time? Uh, you were in the hotel at the beach, wherever. Okay, so you were just in your little stint over here. Yeah, little stint over wow, there. is that what it is? Yeah. And then um, I just so I've been trying to constantly find my lane. So even though I'm in my 30s now, yeah, I've only just found it. And I think that's because of the confusion of everything that I was having to deal with when I was younger. Yeah. Because I didn't know what direction I was going in. And I was trying to please people and I didn't I didn't get my head down. I was too angry to learn anything. Yeah. Um, because I was resentful of everything. Um, but then like I say, in hindsight, looking back, my dad, um, white guy adopting a black kid in the eighties. It's it's unheard of. Yeah. So like Especially as a police officer as well. He's done, you know what I mean? It's, um, it's, it's amazing. He put his neck on the line. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of thinking that I need to do something. You want your parents to be proud of you, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. But um, yes, I work. I look after my children. Yeah. I've never not worked. That's one thing. I've never not worked. So I've always had money. Um, I've always been responsible in that case. <laughs> yeah, I've lost jobs. Everyone's for throwing computers and stuff um, across desks, um, but then I got an, another job the next week. Yeah, yeah. So I always maintain, maintain. So I'm sure he's proud of me of that. But I wanted to play football for him to be proud of me because I'm a footballer. Um, I wanted to release music. I wanted him to be proud of me for that. Didn't happen. So it's just constant strive to say, look, I just want to show you some appreciation for everything that you've done for me when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and to maybe just put my hand in my pocket and pay for dinner one day, you know. With him, because uh, if it wasn't for him, then God, I'd probably be in, mate. It's a cliche, but I'd probably be dead or in jail. Um, looking at the family unit, um, a couple of the brothers are in and out, and the area. It's only Hounslow, but it, mate, it's, it gets it, rough sometimes. It, yeah, it gets rough sometimes, but it's not necessarily the area; it's the character of the person. Of course, of course. Yeah. So well, and also in the environment as and well. The environment, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always, I've always said it's the environment. You could get someone who is a good person, but you pump them in the wrong environment, they'll go off the rails and they'll cause mm. mayhem. So, but it sounds like you've, you've done a full circle with things to a degree. Um, yeah. But you've also got tattoos. I've seen on the, the fist you've got, what you got on your fist there, mate? I've got, um, I've got stars. And is that for knocking people out? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you see stars, yeah, isn't it? Is that how it works? Um, I think you'd have to, you know what? I'd have to get my sister and my little sister okay. on the phone to explain it because that's just the plagiarism that is. Okay. Um, so when I met my mum and my family, my sister had these tattoos. Okay. And I've got um, I've got Guardian of Shem on my left shoulder, yep. which is a Sumerian. If you want to go, if you, we're going to do a podcast one day about ancient history. Of course, man. And we'll just shoot the shit about that. Of course. Well, please do, because I, I like that type of stuff. And even if we can get someone in who's even more um, yes. backed up in terms of the knowledge more than yourself, yeah, yeah, it'd be yeah. wicked, because we can really then probe. Because most it. of the stuff I can ask you and you just give me an answer and I'll be like, wow, that's kind of loads of shit. And then I have to go on Google and search. And I've just made it all up. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's the education system for you, man. That's you know what I mean. They just make it all up. I know. Keep you in your box. But no, the stars. Yeah, shoot. Um, so my sister's got them. I had tattoos anyway. Oh, you like tattoos? Oh, I like tattoos. Oh, where'd you get that one done? No, I'm going to get it. Okay. Don't get it done on your hand. You work in an office. Don't get it done. Fuck it. I'm getting it done. And then that was um, from working in that environment, but I've got Lion on my back. Lion represents? Uh, Leon, Lion. Oh, I can't, man. It's just, just a question. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, man. <laughs> question. Um, people think I'm aggressive. I'm not. Okay. When I'm watching TV, they like cheer up. and I'm, It's the natural round. Right. It's just the way my face falls. Yeah, because I've been trying to say, calm down a bit, man. We're just in a podcast, no, and no, you no, just no, got no, an aggressive well. look, and I'm just I'm like, right. oh, I told you, you're bigger than me, it's man. It's been hard enough just living with the coronavirus today, I'm man. Um, but so you've got the line on the back, you've got the stars, you've also got something on the shoulder piece. Um, yeah, what have I got on this arm? I've got my name. Okay, uh, which one? Uh, so Leon, David, Craig, Marison, and everything. Wow. I, so a lot of people. Is that all your kids all, all down your arm? Okay. Saying all like that. It's my name. Yeah. Um, so what, so I, what you got around on your arm? 
I won't say it because then obviously people can. Oh, okay, sorry, bro. <laughs> no, you know, you know <laughs> I was confused for a second. I was just kind of going, is it your name? Is it someone else's name? It's mine. It's a, oh, okay. it's a match of all my names on there. It's going to take me a while to get used to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to save you as Johnny in my phone. Do it as Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've got to save you in my phone. My as stage that. name is my real name. Yeah, sorry, man. But I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's taking me a while, but I'm getting there. That's it, man. I'll get there. Like they're looking at things. Wow. And uh no <laughs> How many times how many times have I had my emails hacked? Okay, yeah, yeah. God knows how many times. Someone's tried to access your email, someone tried to do this, well, that, someone tried to do that. That does happen quite often. Yeah, so that's that's one of the reasons why. No, that's fair enough. I I, I I'm trying to be low key myself at the moment anyway. Well I've been trying to do that for the past three or four years. Because people are crazy. Yeah. People are very crazy. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, we'll get we'll touch up on that one of these days. But I've had a few um, runnings with some ex-girlfriends who have just been a bit on the yeah. I stand outside your window, inside, breathing at the glass, you know that type of stuff. Um, yeah, that stuff was, that that happens to a lot of personal trainers, man. Well, huh? yeah, well, it's because you, you sometimes you cross the line, and not intentionally. So I've always never really understood that, but because obviously we're sweating, you're you're at your vulnerable state, and we're mm-hmm. training. You know, if you're a good trainer, you should be able to build that rapport where you can say certain stuff, and it's okay. But you mean it, and they know you mean it in a very supportive way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, because someone's in a vulnerable state, they might take that the wrong way, mm-hmm. not intentionally. So I'm, I'm trying to see if I can give an example. But you might say something, oh my God, you look good today. You know, you look great. Oh my God, your physique looks, oh, you, you look so tight. Mm-hmm. You might say that. And if you say that again and again and again, that person starts then going, oh my God, this person thinks I look good. You know, I think I look hot, you know. And then before you know it, they have an idea in their head that there's some sort of connection. It mm-hmm. could be potential relationship. Not realizing that you're just being friendly. You know, mm-hmm. you're just having a conversation. You know, I'm not trying to hit on you. We're just, obviously, I'm trying to sweeten you up because you're signed for more sessions. But we're training. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's just as far as it goes. But, um, but yeah, so I, I'm going to stay well away from going a bit too far into um, having oh. late night issues of someone <laughs> working late. <laughs> oh, not even that. No, I've been, oh, I don't even want to go down there. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay because I get myself in a lot of trouble. But from, the stuff I said in the last podcast about mm. myself, you kind of pick up on what type of character I I could have been, yeah? Not the character I am now, but what I could have been. Fruity. Well, yeah, I've always been like That's that. That's some of the feedback, actually. Well, that I'm free. Yeah. Well, my mum, for a number of years, thought I was gay. Really? Yeah, man. And I was just like, when she asked me, she said, it's okay if you're gay. And I'm like, whoa, where did that come from? I was like, I've never been gay in my life. Why? Because you like the male, the male physique, and you studied it, or what was it? No, I think her her um, understanding was that oh, because I never used to bring girls home. You know, I never mm. been talking about girls. My brother, girls, my cousin, girls. Me was kind of like, whatever. But that was down to just being insecure and shy, and you know all the other stuff. Not, I wasn't into girls. I've always been into girls, but it's just I never felt confident enough mm-hmm. on that. And it was just one of those. So when she said that, I was just like, whoa. I know I'm a, I say a bit fruity stuff sometimes and mm. I'm a bit loud and expressive and I've got a heart tattoo and shit like that. Mm. But that doesn't mean I'm gay. It just means I'm I'm happy for life, man. Mm. That's just it. I'm happy to be alive. Mm. So it just, it threw me because it, it cracked me up. I was just like, wow, I've got to have a conversation with my mum about me being uh, a heterosexual dude. So we cleared that up again. There's like nothing wrong with it. I might, um, I think one of my boys was like, hey, John, who's this geezer on your page? <laughs> this who's this geezer who's top of? And then I've heard the podcast and I'm like, when is he getting with this? And I'm like, bruv, trust me. Trust me, this guy's got stories for days. And it's the, and that's what it is. It's interesting oh, no, stories that you take ownership of. Oh, no. And they, they could be used as a way to inspire. Because for me, you can base it on someone who's come from a place where... Uh, bullied, miserable, depressed, mm-hmm. contemplating suicide... To then go into working on TV, to being in a gay magazine, to then um, doing fitness competitions. And that's a, a massive shift. You've gone mm-hmm. from solo, insecure, to big and bold. I'm here. I'm ready. So, one thing you said there. Yes. So, when you talk about suicide. Yes. Okay, and the bullying aspect of it. Yes. I know you said previously that you went through some things when you were younger. I did. I, I, I had a tough time, man. I had a tough time. 
reasons behind that? What were we talking about? Was it because of the weight? Or was it? it majority of the time, no, I say majority of the time, but it was, I would say, it was down to the weight. It was also down to just a mental, uh, mental state. I, I always, for me, the biggest demon I've ever had and will probably always have in my life is it's me. Mm. It's always been that. So in my head, I've always seen something different. So even when I was in amazing shape, body fat was what, six or 7%, whatever, you're looking great in the pool. I still looked to myself and went, you fat bastard, you know, you look like shit. And I was always like that. Even now, I, I, I'm, I'm a bit on the larger size and I'm bulking up a bit. I still look at myself and I think, you look like shit, mate, you know? Who could ever want to look go like out shit? You? What are you comparing it to? Is, um, that, is this body dysmorphia? What is this? Uh, it's body, yeah, I've got bad yeah. body dysmorphia. I've always had it. You know, it's one of those things where I'm always my own worst enemy, mm-hmm. um, which is cool for me. I, 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 I've now got to the stage at the age I am now where I can understand that and accept that. Mm-hmm. I can actually say, you know what? You, you take some time, write these thoughts down, which is what I do. I write shit down all the time. Write stuff down and then just challenge it. Okay, why do you think that? Based on your backstory, the stuff you come through, okay, maybe people do think you're attractive. Boom. Next one. Um, something to do with the way you look. Okay, backstory. What have you done? Have you have you been uh, given a trophy for doing something? Or you know, okay, so you're just breaking it down into pieces so it's mm-hmm. a bit more easy to, to manage and understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, for me, I'm like that. I, I always put myself as it's a project. I am a project. My dad's always said that to me. Uh, I am always looking to improve and get better, but I, I always say and I always will say that I am my worst enemy. I am. But, but take me back to Shoot. when you were contemplating. Okay, that's a, that's something I don't really dwell. You, see, my life at the moment. Okay. <laughs> I'll what get what there. Trying, no, what I'm trying to get from you yeah. is if we're talk, talking about motivating people. Yes. Because like, there's going to be someone out there that might listen to this that is your age. Going through the same sort of stuff. At the time, going through yeah, the same sort of stuff. Yeah, most definitely. So I just want to understand what your thought process was just before it mm-hmm. and how you got yourself out of it. Okay. Um, before it, it was just, for me, it was very much of, it was a build-up. It wasn't just like one day I woke up and went, oh, man, you know what I'm thinking about this. It was very much of um, nails in, in a coffin, you know, mm-hmm. nail, 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 nail. And it was like that to a point where I just hit that, that last nail and I was like, I can't do this anymore, you know, I, I, I don't want to be here, literally, I just don't want to be here, I just hate everything, I hate everyone, I just don't want to be around anyone, and what's the easy way, you know what, the easy way is to, you can stop this, and then my brain started then going into hyperdrive, you can stop this, how can you stop this, okay, if you did this or did that, then this will then cause this to stop, and then that's it, it's over, no more pressure, no more pain, and I had that for the whole of that day, and I was just like, this is going to be it, isn't it? It's going to be it. It's going to be it. It's going to be it. And I was very fortunate enough to get assistance um, on that front. I'm not going to name any names on that. Mm-hmm. You heard the last pod, didn't you? Heard the last pod, yeah. right? But um, so I got some assistance on that, and then I did what I said before. Where I wrote down everything. So I wrote down all of those thoughts, and I think the number one thing at the top of the list was talk to your dad. Mm-hmm. So my dad's my hero. So. Yeah. It was talk to your dad. Your dad will give you some sort of understanding of why you're having these thoughts and how to find a solution. Mm-hmm. And from that conversation and then getting the, the support in terms of the training tools, the books to read, uh, the boxing um, boxing gym to then go to, I was able to dig myself out of that hole. Because I was in a deep hole, man. I was in a, a really, really bad place. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I, I don't even, I tried, now I'm talking about now, because I've gone so far forward from that and I'm very much motivation, <laughs> I, 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 I always think of those as someone else, mm. and like, that's not me, it's not mm-hmm. Mike, that's someone else, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't remember that, I don't recall that, because I spent so many years of putting that in a box, putting a little in a box, setting fire to the box and stepping over the, the ashes, I've always done that, mm-hmm. so you keep pushing forward, but Stuff like this is good because then you get to sit down and say, hey, talk about that. You know, we can have a conversation about it. And I'm sure as we do more podcasts, I'm sure more information will come out about myself. And I'll probably sit there and I'll probably break down and start crying and stuff like Mike Tyson. Have you seen Mike Tyson? Yeah, podcast? man, I saw that, man. Oh, um, hell, man. They didn't know what to do. Yeah. Is this guy going to flip out? But did you watch one with Sugar Ray? No. Oh, no, it was, it was Sugar Ray's one, right? Uh, Sh- Who was the guest? Yeah, Sugar Ray. Crying? 
Yeah, Sugar Ray. Yeah. But that was amazing because I watched it from start to finish and, and Mike, Mike, obviously Mike gets respect from everyone. Mike's, Mike's Mike. But you could see Mike's got some serious issues, yeah? And I think Sugar Ray didn't get the email. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, if he didn't find the weed, yeah, that's a different interview. But he didn't get the email because he's sitting there and, and Mike's going, oh, yeah, so um, I remember that time, you know, when I was in the prison and I saw your fights, man. And then Sugar Ray's like, oh, yeah, man, yeah, you see me to my fights, whatever. And then he starts crying. And then you mm. see Sugar Ray going, oh, man, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you, brother? And it um, just gets worse. What's his book called? Tyson's book. Uh, it's called Tyson, isn't is it? Is it just Tyson? Yeah, have you not read it? No, I have. That's what I mean. I was going to say, have you read it? Because, come on, man. Yeah, I know. The story, man. Jesus. Uh-huh. That's a, that's a story. But he's a legend. And, and why I like his his podcast, because most of the guests he has on, he's had relations with these people way back in the day. Because mm-hmm. he had LL Cool J. Mm-hmm. And that was quite cool, because he's talking about him going out with LL when LL was hot back mm-hmm. in the day. And he's just sending stories to these guys at the club and stuff. And you're kind of going, that would have been so insane. You know, you're an upcoming rapper. Mm-hmm. You've got the number one heavyweight champion in the world with you just rolling around yeah. and this guy's off the chain this mm-hmm. guy would go crash a car and just say leave it leave the keys there man, yeah, man. the highlights of, of my um podcast listening and viewing at the mm. moment um but yeah we went on tangent again didn't we no yeah we were talking about you back in the day so then i think logically what moves on from that so you we've reached the peak you've come down the other side and you're now setting yourself up to get back on track okay with, um, with your mental health well, I'm still working on that. For for me, I, I class that very much as it's an ongoing, um, it's an ongoing project. Like mm. for me, I have times where it's good. You know, I'm on board and I'm clear and I'm, I'm focused. And then sometimes where I get back into that shell and I'm just like, oh my god, this is too much. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not focused. I don't know. So it's an up and down. It it is very much of a battle, and it's taking me to maybe 2018, 2019 to say, look, I've got mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Which sounds quite harsh. I said it to a friend the other day and he said, bro, I don't know if we can hang out anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, you might like spaz out on me or something might happen. I'm like, dude, I've known you for 15 years. But I wouldn't spaz out on you. Have you ever spazzed out? Never. I have. Have you? Yeah, man. I've never done that, man. This is, um, I think, <laughs> talking about mental health now <laughs> is um, everybody's talking about it. Yes. Uh, it's a good thing to help people that are going through things now. But such a stigma about it back in the day. You've got mental health issues. No, I fucking haven't. That's problems. No, it's like that. Of course. But yeah, so I used to flip out all the time. Yeah. But obviously didn't know the reason why. Okay. And obviously I've been through so much shit that... Um, Fuel. I'm thinking, yeah, just one minute I'm cool and then the next minute I'm not cool. Okay, yeah. well, I'm not as bad as that, man. I've never spazzed out ever, just as a, like, yeah, on no, camera, I've not spazzed out. I've done a few things, but... Um, oh, mate, you just remind me of a story. God, I was growing up when I was younger. This isn't spazzing out, this is being just stupid. Okay. Um, when I lived at home, <clears throat> my dad was on shift work, so my dad was in bed. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> this is way off tangent. And uh, I went across, no, so I'm playing in my sister's bedroom. Okay. When my two older sisters lived at home. So I must have been very young. And, um, but old enough to go outside on my own. Yep. So, um, literally sitting in the bedroom, who collects matchboxes, man? Okay. And makes little things like people and cars and houses out yeah. of matchsticks. Was that you? No, it was my sister. Okay. Yeah, and she was out. Oh, you set fire to the... I set fire to the house, bro. Wow. Yeah, so bedroom flames bellowing out of the window. It was like a backdraft. Um, I run out of the house. Yeah. Flames coming out everywhere. Um, my dad's in bed. Oh, shit. On night work. Shit. On shift work. Like, okay. gone. Chaos. Yeah, you're tired. Exhausted, man. And then someone smelt it. So then I got taken to um, my neighbour's house across the road, Paul. And we were just watching the flames bellow out of the window. Oh shit. Yeah. And um fire brigade, like two, three fire engines, they put it out anyway. Long story short, was it I must have got into hell of trouble for that. But I think I might have done that because I was tapped. Okay. Because I knew it was the wrong thing to do. And you still did it? Yeah. Wow. But that's what I'm saying. It's kind of like a, uh that's what I'm talking about, mental health. 
you do things and you know what you're doing is wrong and you know that you need to go and yeah. speak to someone and you yeah. know that you've got to do this. It's addiction, isn't it? No, it's, of it's course the same it is. That, but yeah. You just don't do anything about it. Wait, as I said, it, it's good that we are now addressing that thing in mm. mental health now because for a number of years, as I said, like, and I'm sure you probably had the same issue where I thought there was something wrong with me, man. I thought I had mental issues, you know? I mm. thought not mental issues, like, like serious mental issues, you know, psychiatric war type stuff because I'd have thoughts about stuff. And sometimes the thoughts would not be great thoughts to have, mm. you know. I remember I had one day I had a thought. This is why I'm probably in a lot of trouble with this. Well, I was planning out as girlfriend of the time. I was planning out how to get rid of the girlfriend, like proper get rid of the girlfriend. And I was planning out. I had like everything planned out my head. Get rid. Yeah, get rid. We're not talking about um. Oh yeah, it's not working out. I'm gonna send you a text message. It was yeah. kind of like we get rid of you completely. <laughs> And I was planning out in my head, going, "Wow, I can really work this, you know. I can, I can analyze this." And and then it's, I had to wake up the next day and just go, "What the heck are you on, bro? You know, what is going on? You're planning stuff like that, you know." I'm, you know what? Is there a panic button on there? Oh, please! I thought you was gonna kind of say, "Look, Mike, if that was to go down, I'd help you out. You know, I'd be there for you. I'd support you." Well, not now, I wouldn't. Oh man! If I was your bridging back then, yeah, I help you, man. But, but saying that, my best bud. Um, the guy who I, I mentioned in, in my Brighton story, mm. when we moved back, so something happened, girl got pregnant. And then what I told him, and his first thing was like, can't tell your parents. And I was like, I know I can't tell my parents. And he's just like, you know what we could do? We can get rid of her. And I was just like, what? <laughs> I was like. You know what, some families do that. Some people move like that. But he was just, he was solid. He was like, no, man, I'm, I'm in. And I was just like, wow. And he was like, yeah, bro. Look, we can sort it out alibis and everything, I'll sort that out for us. We'll get done. And I was just like, whoa. And I was for five seconds, I was kind of going, yeah, we could do this. And then I came with the phone. I was like, the brother's crazy. Mm. You know, I'm crazy, but this brother's crazy because that's friendship. And then there's, you're crazy to the point where we're going to get us in some sheer shit. Yeah. But nothing happened. She's alive. She's safe and whatever. She didn't have the baby, which is good. But, um, but yeah, it was just crazy on that front because I was just like, Man, it's crazy. Before, before this door gets hit, let me let me bring you back. <laughs> I want to know what I was trying to get at earlier. God is because obviously you said you were um, I don't know chubby kid, fat kid. I oh no, I was, I was fat boy, man. They, that was, was my name. Boy. That was my nickname, fat boy. Fat boy. Fat boy. Worst so, name to have. Fat boy. The bo- like the the bodybuilding and conditioning. When did that start? Uh, that started well. Lifting weights, um, I started lifting weights early, man. I started lifting weights from, what, 16? Yeah. For what purpose? To, for your head? To get out of your own headspace? No, it, or it was... for I, the physique? No, for me, it was I found... See, I'm, I'm always a person that likes to improve. Mm-hmm. So I found, especially with the books, Dad told me these books, you read these books, you can get smarter, you can read better, you sound more intellectual, you mm-hmm. know? Okay, training, weightlifting, allows you to build yourself, make you stronger, your presence stronger. And I fell in love with that. I was like, wow, man, I can change the way I look from lifting dumbbells or barbells. And I was obsessed, man. I was absolutely obsessed. And I was quite fortunate. The college I went to, the one in um, not, not far from Hamster's College, William Morris, was kind of um, as it's like an international uh, college. But a lot of the guys to hang around with, they used to train. Mm-hmm. So we'd go to the gym and obviously it was chest and back days. You know? <laughs> Monday, right? Yeah, hardly, hardly no legs. Just chest, back, arms. That was it, man. I remember one guy tapped and said, do you guys work legs? And he was like, bro, what are you talking about? We walked here. You know, we might jog on the way home to yeah. catch the bus, but who does legs? You yeah. know, who does legs? So I used to lift weights. And from, I think from 16 to now, I lift weights. I lift weights all the time. Mm. That's just how I roll. But for me, I, I find my, my time in the gym is my safety place. It's mm. why I can go for an hour, 30 minutes, and actually just focus purely on Mike. Everything that I need to focus on in life is in that one hour 30 minutes, mm-hmm. which sounds weird, but no, I get it. it just allows me to leave there kind of feeling sane. Maybe. Have you ever played sports? I, yeah, it's the box. Okay, so when you're in that moment, because I think when I play football, there isn't anything else. Yeah, the same same sort of thing. So unless you've got something real, real bad going on, yeah, it's even it's an escape from that. You might think of it, someone's gone to get the ball to take a corner, and you might briefly think about something. But for that ninety minutes that I'm playing football, it's weird. It's weird. It's weird to explain it when you look back at it. No, no, of course, there's of course nothing it. else going on. But it's the same when I used to box. For me, especially work, 
sparring, I still love sparring. So you mm. hear me on quite a, a was it friendly, chappio, mum thinks I'm gay. Fruity. But, yeah, fruity, fruity <laughs> type of guy, you know, that's my. But you get me in a ring, it's a different situation. Mm. Because for me, I'm able to then channel in to the aggression, the hate, feeling unloved, feeling sad, and able to harness that. Mm -hmm. And then afflict that on the individual and take pride in that. Mm. Which is quite weird and sick saying that out loud. But that's why I enjoyed it. Because it was like, I for this time I'm here in this, this square, um, square space, I can actually let go and just give you all the rage and hate that's built up in me. Because there's loads of hate. For some reason I have so much hate in me and that's why the heart is is very apparent yes it does look like a homosexual tattoo but far from it it's not it's to tell me very much that there is love out there and if you believe in love mm -hmm. you don't need to worry about being um hostile or aggressive or, and it just allows me to remember that always all the time it keeps you there it? it keeps me there but the um you, did you do any competition competitive boxing yeah or? uh Amateur level, yeah. Amateur, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Amateur's not too what's bad. The, what's the record? My record is ten fights, nine wins, and one draw. One oh, draw. undefeated. Undefeated. I'm badass, man. Well, I would have loved to do boxing. That's why I, say, I smile all the time and I say stuff quite expressive because I'm badass. Yeah, you back it up. <laughs> my, um, no, no, I'm only My older brother. Yeah. The boxing didn't want to do that. No, a serious well, thing. Or I just... spoke to my dad. My dad said, um, uh. Do you want to do it professionally? Mm. And I was like, well, I wouldn't mind. You know, I enjoy it, I have fun. But let's look at the divisions. You know, the weight I was boxing at was, what, 15 stone, which is the same weight David Hay boxes at, mm -hmm. what David Hay used to box at, which is cruiserweight. There's yeah. no money in cruiserweight. I'd have to then bulk up to get my weight up to, what, 17, 18 stone to be mm -hmm. heavyweight. I'm not tall enough, and mm -hmm. my frame's not big enough. I'm the big guy, but not big enough for heavyweight, especially the heavyweight you have now. So I had the choice either to box full time, get a, a part time, well, full time slash part time job, or go to uni. And I ended up going to uni, mm -hmm. um, moving to Brighton, which um, still to this day, That's great stories. Yeah, great stories. <laughs> great stories from Brighton because I, I can sit back and, and, and laugh for days. I can sit down with multiple people and tell stories, and people go, oh my God, it's amazing. But then in hindsight, of did it get me anywhere in life? Mm. Probably not, you know. I, I feel like I wasted the first year, and then the second year that was a catch-up year. So I, I, if I could do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have. Where, where it got you? Where are you going? Because I know um, one of the things you say you want to do is make films, right? Yeah, and I've always wanted to make films. So I had a, especially growing up, I had a massive interest in film directing. Mm -hmm. um, so I used to do running work, or runner work as they call it, um, in the local area, Kenton and Chelsea. And then I also used to help out at the Port Vela Film Festival. Mm -hmm. So I used to do some of the running work for them and also just helping them out with flyers and leaflets and stuff like that. And then... I just realized early on that you don't get paid <laughs> for, for the running stuff and I wanted to get paid so I ended up shelving that. Now in 2020 I've got uh, a few ideas I want to put together like the university film. Mm -hmm. To me I see that working as a Netflix show. Yep. We have to obviously some murder someone to make it a bit more the juicy. Series, yeah. yeah. Work, work. I think it would work well. Mm -hmm. It would work well. Um, I also want to do another one like a, uh, um, kind of a, a boys travel holiday film mm -hmm. which will be set based on the university not university but based on the thailand experience that me and two of my buddies had we mm -hmm. went to thailand to do um the full moon party and yep. the whole traveling thing and i've never been traveling oh mate you're missing out i, I all i do every year is i travel so mm -hmm. last year i went to canada and america did a, a road trip um the year before that we did the east coast to west coast so route 66 mm -hmm. Hire a car, journey all the way over. Before that, North of Spain tour. Um, Thailand was just, uh, still to this day, Thailand's probably the best holiday that we've had mm. because we had um, ladyboy issues. <laughs> we had some guy, <laughs> we had some guy try and rape one of the guys we were with. We nearly got shot mm. in a club. My mate slapped the DJ and then the guy just brought out a gun and it was like, whoa. Okay. We made slap the DJ for. Oh uh, well, we were having a good night, and the guy kept playing the same song again, playing the same song. My my good friend is a is a kickboxer. Yeah. Badass dude. Drinks. Wants to fight sometimes. Irish. Mm. 
Um, love the guy to bits. Conor McGregor, yeah, right? Yeah, but he's badass. My 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 boy's badass. But um, he ended up saying to the DJ, you "Can't be playing the same song. You're playing the same song like four or five times, man. We need a different song." And the guy said, "I don't know. I play the same. Song. I play what I want. You know." And mm. but slapped him, and that was it. Music come off. So the guy started shouting, started, started shouting some stuff in Thai, and it was like. So I tapped my button and I said, dude, something's going to happen here. And he goes, yeah, man, let's look for chicks, whatever. He's <laughs> the guy come up, gun in hand. I shoot your friend. I shoot you guys. And I said, whoa. It from there went to a point where I was just like, man, we might die, man. We might not make it home. You know? Thailand's a place like that, you know? Well, I had that, I had that vibe when we got there. We walked through the airport and something hit me. And I had a feeling I was just like, anything can happen here. You know, if you have enough money, you can bribe the police. It's fine. And I was like, that's fun on one side. But then the other side is, we might not come home. You know, we've got to be careful. Because mm. what we used to do is you'd party, you'd drink. You'd end up places. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Boys, you just end up places. You, you you end up. We're now in a different country. And I, yeah. In a country that I'm sure if they wanted to do something, they could happily do something. And, and it just, yeah, it was it was an adventure. The, the holiday was amazing. Mm. There were so many ups and downs. The full moon party was insane. That's the one when you get covered in paint, right? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's it. Um, Copenhagen. Mm -hmm. um, we had a, a, I was going to say, two, is it Tusami? They say tsunami, tsunami, but I say Tusami. It's just the way yeah, I say tsunami. it. Tusami. Tsunami, man. Yeah, Tsunami, but I say Tusami. Okay. Because well. how, how's it written? I don't know. It's tsunami. T-S-U-M-A. What does that sound like? Tsunami, right? I say tsunami, so... It sounds like tsunami, yeah? Don't talk to you. Come on, bro. Huh? I already gave him a shout already. <laughs> yeah, but he didn't say no words. No, man. He gave him a shout. Words, no, he's in the building, man. Come <laughs> on. All right, all right. Yo, there's a, there's a silent, silent tea, so... They got my um, EastEnders extras. All them ones working hard out there. They're not allowed to say nothing. So wow. when they get spoken to on, the, on, a, on a scene, they just nod, like... <laughs> No, nah, he's part of the thing, man. But no, no, so the holiday itself was just crazy. But we had a, a tsunami scare. Mm. We had to run to the hills and we had to hide and that was mad. But just all things that could happen on a, a lad's holiday mm -hmm. happened, but then happened with <laughs> some sort of uh, negative conclusion that could have gone. Mm. Like, so my, my first night, I'm probably going to share this. I, I don't know if I can share this, but... I got stories for days. All right, cool. So first night, we we stay in um, Bangkok. So we did the whole Kosam Road, um, which is where they had the hangover, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the road. So we did that. We party. We were eating cockroaches with ladyboys and whatever. We then go to a club. Um, club finishes at five in the morning. My my buddy, the, the kickboxer Irish guy, he disappears somewhere. He's gone. I'm now with his brother. The brother now disappears. He's gone. So it's just me on my own. Partying, whatever. T-shirt comes off. Partying, have a good night. I leave there. This guy comes up to me. Some uh, Swedish guy. And he's like, hello, man. Hello. And I'm like, how's it going? Did you write? It's <laughs> mm -hmm. five in the morning. Yeah. I heard he goes, hey, I've seen you, man. And I was like, oh, man, I don't need this. I don't need this. And he's like, um, my girlfriend's here. Do you want to have sex with my girlfriend? And I'm like, oh, man, I don't really need this. I've already had the, the, the gay magazine stuff. I don't need now to be in a situation you know so i'm like dude i'm not not up for that stuff man it's, it's my first night here i'm trying to find my friends i've been asked um bro you got anything you got anything and i'm like no i've got nothing mate oh, that's okay. all i've been asked i've oh, never no. been asked to have sex with someone's <laughs> wife well see it gets interesting watch this so then he does that and i'm kind of like dude I'm, I'm cool like i'm i'm heterosexual man that's just how i roll it mm. the heart tattoo don't get fooled right don't get fooled and he's just like, um, no, 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 I'm being serious. I'm being serious. I show you my girlfriend. And I'm like, show me your girlfriend. Tap this girl. She turned around and he goes, it's my girlfriend. He ends up kissing her and then he goes, this is my girlfriend. Brings her over and I'm like, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? So I'm looking around to see if I can see my buds and I, I don't see any of the guys. And I'm like, ah, first night, what's the worst thing that can happen? So I fall over to her. Before I know, we're now kissing in the street. He's like, okay, you guys are now connected now. Do you want to come back to the flat? And I'm like, cool, go back to the flat. 
<laughs> Your place is the best. Wow, that's a suitcase thing, man. <laughs> well, last time it was jumped out the window. Now no, it's a suitcase. Where's Michael? Oh, don't know. So at the time, the I was hotel. thinking my bird's got the the key for the room. Mm. I got no key. Where am I staying? What am I going to stand outside the club for the whole night? We've got one key. So I'm like, first night, I can handle myself. You know, okay, I've drank a bit, but I can handle myself. It's all right. Get back to the flat. Before you know it, I'm now lipsing this girl. We're now doing stuff. I'm like, this is sweet, right? Mm. Doing stuff, smashing it. He's on the chair, and I'm like, cool, okay. I was just gonna watch. This is a bit like random, but like, cool. Carrying on and whatever. Now the brother's jumps in the bed, so he's uh, this end of her. I'm behind doing a bit of the doggy star. And I'm mm. like, yeah, I'm doing my thing. I'm, I'm in the zone, and I'm like. And just don't watch me. So like, you know, I don't want you to be staring at me while I'm doing yoga stuff. So two seconds later, now he's slid underneath to like lick her breasts. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. But he's doing things like, right, cool, it's nice. All of a second, I feel like a, a tongue. Where? It touched my ball. And I was just like, well, I'm out of there, man. Whoa. I jumped up and I was like, dude, what's up? I'm and not he, even in there. I don't, I've got nowhere to leave because I didn't go there. I jumped up and I was just like, what is going on? He goes, hey, man, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I said, do you know what? What is going on? You know, I, I, I jumped up, ran out of there quickly. The girl followed me down the road and she's like, I'm sorry. I should have said. And I just like, said, I said, what? Like, no one told me this. I didn't get the MO. I didn't get email. I didn't get text message. I'm not cool with it. And I was finished man I told her to bugger off I head back to the outside of the club standing there enraged out of nowhere I see my bud come down the Irish guy and he's like hey bro hey man what's up and I was like bro someone did something to me and he, mm. I did the whole thing of like I got raped and it's just quite funny out of nowhere in the distance his brother comes walking down the road have a look at this Lewis Hamilton telling people to wash their hair <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna fucking give it a go mate I'll give it a go that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, what's going on? No, I'm with you on that. But that, I think, mean, for me, that's cloud chasing. I think people are using it. Because I saw Arnie doing it, and he's going, this is how you do oh, it with to wash. Didn't they have a couple of Shetland ponies? Yeah, and he's like, this is how you wash you your hands. Them. And I'm like, people are just jumping on the bandwagon, which is going to, the only thing I'm going to kick in myself is, I've not been able to find a way to, to make money off this. Mm. Because through all times like this, there is someone making cash. There's someone making... Um, some obscene amounts of money. I want to be on that. Well, that's why I was saying to Eugene in the car, but I think we missed the boat on that already. I think that's jumped. I I had shares in Sainsbury's and in Barclays, and those are just plummeting, man. Aviation, maybe? Yeah, but they're going to plummet anyway. Yeah. I think the only thing you can do, yeah, is you buy when they're low, Mm -hmm. and then things are going to pick back up. No, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Because a lot of those companies are going to go bust. I think EasyJet will go bust. Um... Jet 2 is practically going to go bust. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Flybe's gone. One. Yeah, the budget ones are going to yeah. go. Virgin's going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with um, British Airways. American Airlines is going to be the same. So I can see that whole industry change. It will. And it's going to change for the better, to a degree. You know, prices might drop even more. If you want to go on holiday, you'll probably go to the States for dirt cheap once the band's gone. You need tokens, mate. Tokens? What? Travel tokens. This is the um, future that we've not lived in yet. Dystopian, so. we're in the future now. We have not been there yet, future. my man. Um, have you paid your council tax? Have you paid this bill? Have you paid that bill? Yes, okay, you get X amount of tokens. I want to go on holiday. Have you had coronavirus before? Probably have you been not. tested? Have you got a vaccination? Yeah. Do you want a vaccination? No, not no, particularly. You, well, you are right, because we have gone from using cash. Because mm. I, I dare say I've got a few issues with my, my, my cards. So I was like, all I've got is cash. Get to the train station. I can't get a ticket to, to get on the train. I'm sitting there going, mm, okay, is this how it works? Try to get on the bus. The guy said, oh, I've got no change. I'm like, so we've gone away from cash. We're now on tap. And, and I'm sure, as you said, with the coins, I can see that being the next stage where you have a certain number of coins. But the stage that I'm, I think they're going to try and get to one day is, have you seen that film, In Time, with Justin Timberlake? Yeah. That where... You have years, yep. and you can either buy additional years if you've got more money, or if you don't have more money, you can use your years to buy something, mm-hmm. and that will allow you to control the number of people they have in the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's where the power, the powers that be, would be going if they could. That's do. about hundred years from now. Just saying, man. No, no, no. I, that's about hundred years from now. 
we're going in the direction that's it's not a great direction. Unprecedented. It's not happened before. But the films that you've watched mm-hmm. and the things that you've seen are not just films and oh, not no, just things not. that you've seen. They, they are to condition your mind to mm-hmm. to to be aware of some of the stuff that may be coming in. To make you accept it. Of course. Yeah. We go, oh my God, flying cars. Oh, 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 Black president. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're going to get, ne- the next one's probably going to be Mexican or something like that. Actually, oh. no, it's not going to be Mexican. It's probably going to be Donald, Donald Trump again because he's going to beat Biden and also mm-hmm. Sanders because they're both old and retired. My grandmother made me laugh. She goes, why are all these old boys still presidents? And I'm oh, like, that's what happens, you know? They don't want to give up power. I think the next one will probably be Mexican. Mm. And then they'll have a woman. Or we'll have a woman or Mexican. See, this, I'm re- Mexico got two minutes, mate. Um, Mexico just closed their borders. Yes. On um, Isn't that ironic? I know, right? <laughs> that's a funny one. But, but he's um, making it all up, he is. Who? Donald Trump. He's making everything up. He's an actor. Up. Yeah, he is. He's making it. But you know what I heard? He's on drugs. They're all actors. I heard he's on um he's on um some drugs. He, want, he is probably. Uh, not like hard stuff yeah. like cocaine and stuff. Yeah. But he's on like um, similar to the film. What's that film called? Bradley Cooper's in it. Robert De Niro's in it. It's called Limitless. Limitless. Yes, Limitless. Yeah, sure. Brad, he does. Bradley Cooper's in it and Robert De Niro's in it, and they take a tablet. And yeah. The tablet allows them to access more mm-hmm. parts of their brain. But there's a tablet that does it the other way. No, 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 no. <laughs> the tablet's called something. They've got Advil. Yeah. Or Advil, is it Advil? Advil, what they Ad, Ad, Advil. Advil, but there's another tablet which is better and stronger than that. Okay. And um, they're saying that he's on that. And that's why he's always... Yeah, high-functioning people, man. Yeah. He might need something. But um, just to bring this up to a, to a wrap-up, I think we've had a good chat. We have. We, we've we, delved we, into some things. We've discussed things, man. I'm sure I have to probably cut some stuff out. Well, no, I think, um, <laughs> yeah, you might have to cut some stuff out. But um, as a, a a platform, I think the stuff that we're talking about, it might be helpful and beneficial to, to people course, out there course, and listening. But we're talking about other stuff as well. So just bear with us because we will we go off topic. And Well, no, I think it's, it's finding feet. And I think, as, as you'll see, the first initial episodes, myself and Johnny are... They're there as a, as a kind of pointer to give you a backstory of the host. Mm-hmm. So, yes, sometimes they do go off tangent, but it's more of so you can see who we are, understand where we come from, and then kind of gain a little understanding of where we're trying to go. And then with the guests, because you already know what we're like, you then give the, the platform for that guest to then experience their own journey mm-hmm. and see if they can share it to inspire and motivate others. 